I believe Tracy wanted to do something uh, at the top. Yes. Uh, basically, Tracy wants to say this. Uh, I was really, really nervous when Adira left the party and I had to bring in a new character. And I really wasn't sure how that was going to be received. So I want everybody to uh, give a huge thank you to Eric. Because from the get-go, he has been so supportive of Shadow. And he has inspired me to do so much more with her than I'd ever intended to do. And so if you're enjoying the character, you need to send this man a thank you note. He is the kindest, sweetest, funniest guy. And I am so lucky to have him as a fan of Shadow. So everybody say thank you to Eric. Where can I send him a personal thank you note? Like what's his address? Um, I do not know his physical address, uh, probably for the best, because uh, I'd go feed him. So, but uh, <laughs> he is in our Discord. So, yeah. So join the Discord to give thanks. Yeah, is Es Pat in our Discord? But if you get a personal address on him, let me know because I need to feed that boy. <laughs> we will hunt him down and thank him. It is inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, we had uh, our group be partially accosted by Taraxis in uh, ways that some more successful, others less successful. Uh, we had our group come upon a sort of a town meeting of sorts and see, and they, they gathered a little bit of information about the Black Keep, which is apparently a community now. Uh, a place called the Owl Tree, where one can find passage to the Black Keep, even though the party already knows where it is. And there's uh, a few new faces that the that our group has met, and I believe Shadow is trying to work up a sermon uh, for the next meeting. Yes. So. When uh, when the priestess introduced her to the man in charge, she would talk to him about getting it set up, and then she would go straight back and begin writing. She's right. excited she hasn't been able to give a sermon in a month. All right. So where are you uh, going to write your sermon? She'll just go to the inn where, or, you know, to the stack dish where everybody's staying so that she'll be there when they return. All right. And find a little table in the corner or something and start working on it. 
Mm, okay. So, uh, Brock, what what are what are you doing? Um, Shadow left with uh, Farini Strail, the Elven priestess of Serenray, uh, in order to facilitate this uh, sermon on the coming meeting. What are you doing? Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Riley and Leaf had gone off to handle the uh, explosive blood alleyway situation. Brock actually wanted to go talk to Tara to make sure she was doing all right. Because I think she had been brought up in that last conversation we had. Uh, she was indeed. So, uh, you went to go see Tara at the Shrine of Earth. So go ahead and make me a perception check uh, as you approach the Shrine of Earth. Why you, you gotta start me off like this, Sean? Honestly, I'm really hoping that I do better than I did. Man, we played on Tuesday, and I didn't roll anything higher than a 10. Well, okay, good. That's a good sign. 28. As you approach the sort of like religious district of Thorn, you would notice that you see just a few streets ahead, you see the braziers. So it seems like this section of town is actually kind of uh, kind of split in half. But overall, the uh, the Shrine of Earth is still like uh, on this side. It's on this side of the braziers. So you get there and look around, and at first you don't take notice of any person in particular. You don't see Tara at all, but you do take notice that compared to the last time you were here, the large, almost obelisk-like pyramid of stone that sat in the center of the like Zen garden situation, you notice a large crack running up it it's deep and it's it doesn't seem like there's really much in the way of material missing but the crack has sort of like peeled away part of the shrine itself uh, and it juts outward at an awkward angle uh from within so with your very high perception check and your affinity for the earth you kind of in, in this place, you you still hear that almost song of the earth singing like you did before, but it's muted. And it almost sounds more melancholy. Uh, if I examine the, the obelisk part where that crack is, uh, can I figure out maybe why it split? Like, was it hit? Was it... Like, did somebody actually crack it? Or was it more like a natural... Uh, go ahead and make me either a sculpting or a nature check. Uh, well, nature is one and sculpting okay. is a 13. So I think I'm going to go with sculpting. All right. Uh, uh, you look it's at only it a 15 now. You don't see any like source of impact unless perhaps something hit it from underground. Like maybe uh, something shifted and during an earthquake that you're not privy to. Uh, or it could have split split open, but both of those seem reasonable. Then I think it's probably fair to assume that when everything went to shit, this thing probably broke. That is a fair assumption, yes. I don't think I actually have anything to fix rock. I can move rock. 
but I can't just fix rock. Yeah, I don't think you have the thing that lets you do uh, stone shape yet. No, I do not have any of that. I could climb this obelisk. I feel like that would be kind of a dick move. Uh, didn't Tara live nearby? Uh, she never told you exactly where she lived. She did tell you that she could often you could often find her here. One can assume she does live nearby, but uh, you wouldn't know exactly where. But go ahead and give me another perception right quick. I don't believe in perception. 26. You would notice um, sort of an older man. Uh, what, what knowledges do you have? Uh, uh, I want to say religion. Yeah, religion, engineering, dungeoneering. Okay, so... That is it. Uh, this man looks a bit odd to you. Um, you're not entirely sure uh, what he is. He's obviously not human. He's quite old-looking. Uh, he sports... Uh, he sports a small uh, pair of horns that jut forth from his head and his skin is sort of this orangish color almost sort of like an orange red he's sat across the street uh, just sort of at like a little public sitting space a uh a chessboard in front of him and he you just take notice that he seems to be looking at you not like super nosily but like he's just watching you because you're something that's happening in front of him okay uh well Brock would probably wait for a short while just to see if Tara showed up but if this guy still seems to just be kind of looking at him after uh like 10 minutes or so, then he'd probably uh, walk up to him and try and figure out why he's checking him out. Okay. So, you, he, he does. Like, he, he, like, looks back to his table now and again, sometimes fidgets. Uh, you know, like, he, he's just seems to be hanging out, more or less. Uh, and when you go up to him, he, he kind of smiles uh, a little bit. He's just like, Ah, hello. Uh, would you would you like to play? And he he motions towards the chessboard that's kind of like built into the table. Uh, a ram, a bunch of ramshackle pieces uh, are placed on the board itself, but they they make sense more or less for what they are. Brock would look at the board and back to the man, and he would say, "Do you sit out here and play often?" Uh, yeah, I'm here most days. I came from Stormbluff when everything went to the hells. We had a similar, uh, small park back there, and I used to play with some of my friends, but I've not many friends here. Brock would sit down, and I suppose begin to play chess. Uh, but as he does, he would say, uh, I was looking for the woman who tends that shrine over there. Uh, Mm, do you know Tara. what time she tends to come around? Mm, she's usually here a little bit earlier. But I haven't seen her today. Perhaps she's doing something. She may be shopping. 
It's one thing to be at a place every day. And he'll, like, make a move. Hmm. Well, I will make a move. A, a superior move, I would say. A superior move? Yeah, superior move. Make me an intelligence check. <laughs> a seven. It's a superior move. Um, <laughs> you rolled very poorly. But he'd ask, is it common for her to miss a day? Uh, I've only been here uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, I think there was uh, one day where she wasn't here at the normal times, but she did stop in. I'm afraid I haven't paid enough attention to know exactly when that might have been. Uh, and he'll pull out a stone, and uh, and you'll recognize it. Something y'all, you as a group, haven't used for a while. Uh, but it, it's a time stone, and he he you know like checks its uh, uh, like shade to see more or less what time it is. Uh, I can't make any promises, but she might be here soon. Well, if you do not mind, I suppose I could pass the time playing the game with you. I would enjoy that. I'd make another superior I've move. I've played so... <laughs> well, he has to make his move first. Go ahead and roll. <laughs> Y'all literally swapped places. Y'all literally fucking swapped places from last round. So he makes the superior move. No, you said we swapped places. I get up, I no- I'm now in control no. of his pieces. He gets up, he's now in control of my pieces. <laughs> no, uh, he rolled one last time where you rolled a six, and this time he rolled a six and you rolled a one. <laughs> okay, so um, I think you can. Is there anything else you'd like to ask him while you're here, or like if if you don't have anything particular in mind, you can make it a, a diplomacy to um, basically gather information from him if you'd like. Yeah, he would, while they're playing, he would just kind of look at him and, you know, take in the fact that he is strange looking. And he'd say, I'm sorry, but I've, I don't think I've seen anyone with uh, features such as yourself. Uh, do you have some unnatural heritage? Uh, not familiar with uh, my kind, eh? I'm familiar with yours and many of the others. I'm not horribly unlike you, son. Uh, You're born of the earth. I'm born of fire. Uh, He would give kind of a nod, kind of understanding. He says, I see. You, uh, does your family have attunement to to the elements as well? Uh, No, I've can't say that I've ever felt a particular call to flame. Uh, it's just in my blood. I prefer simpler things. I, I've had a calm life until recently, and he makes another relatively poor move. Go ahead and make me a sense motive, by the way. Was, was my move superior with an 11? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah! Brock is bad at chess, but apparently this dude isn't great either. Brock coming in great with them social skills. Eight sense motive. Alright, so I know exactly what's going you, on. You don't you don't sense anything like weird about him or or off or like overly 
like he doesn't seem like he's being overly honest, straightforward, or like lying at all either. So you don't, you just don't get a real good feel for this guy. Nothing tipping one way or another. Huh? You know nothing, Jon Snow. Uh, you know nothing, Brock Rocks. Uh, <laughs> uh, he'll he'll go ahead and he he tells you a little bit about Ifrit. Um, not nothing super in depth, but uh, he tells you that like a bit about a few. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he tells you about like a few others that he knows and like a few different features that they can sport and whatnot. Uh, but uh, generally, like he he's not an adventurer, never has been. The most exciting, uh, not necessarily in a good way, part of his life is this most recent one, and he is quite old. And you would know from you know your own aging that he he's probably you know he he's probably uh, close to two hundred, if not older, uh, in age. Huh. If if he ages similarly to you. This dude's old. He should be good at chess. And here I am kicking his ass. Uh, I feel like you go back and forth uh, with him for a while. And very much uh, to your surprise, uh, you were you were constantly pushing your advantage. Uh, but in the end, he comes out from behind very very quickly having manipulated your pieces away from your king and uh checkmates you from across the board brock would probably just yeah kind of thank him for the the lesson on you know an unfamiliar race of creatures and yeah he would probably carry on honestly being pretty terrible because his uh his intelligence is only 12 so well, like the second game, this guy plays a lot more actively, and you don't seem to as often pull ahead. Uh, like there, there are moments where he's, I guess you could say he's surprised by your actions, like sort of, uh, you know, beginner's luck or uh, something unexpected from a strategy. But more or less, he does seem to just play at a higher level. He is obviously quite familiar with the game. Um, and he was obviously kind of just gauging you that first time. But yeah, now there aren't any any specific things that Brock would press over the game anymore, so he would just keep it to casual conversation, I guess. So I think about halfway through your second game with him, which is dragging on quite a bit longer, um, he would he would uh, sort of like be. He, like put his finger on top of his king and like rock it back and forth and be like, oh, it looks like your friend's here. And, and uh, if you look behind you, Tara is walking up to the shrine. Then, uh, yeah, Brock would be like, he would say, I'm sorry, I don't have time to finish the game, but I should, uh, I should go speak to her. Of course. It seems as though you would likely win anyway. <laughs> well, you don't learn by not playing and he'll uh he'll he'll begin to reset the board come back anytime son uh, by the way etrian and uh, he holds out his hand uh brock would shake his hand uh 
Brock of the uh, the Morheim Company. Or no, Guild, no. Morheim Guild, formerly company. Good to know. Good to meet you, Brock. Maybe we'll play again sometime. Uh, maybe, if I find myself in this park again. And I hope to see you soon. But you go and seek out Tara. I'm going to make a quick hop over to Shadow. So you are in the stacked dish, correct? You're just writing... Yes, I am writing the sermon. Okay. Because I am all happy and excited. And is that all you're doing? Do you want to uh, do anything else while you're there? Just checking in? No, she she's just writing. At some point, she will probably ask one of these guys that she knows when they return to look over it because she knows her use of common is not great and she doesn't want to use wrong words. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> but Go ahead and, and first off then make me a linguistics check. Okay, let me scroll down here and find it. Uh, that would be a 28. Okay. So I think you're able to find somebody uh, after you're done writing and like have them look it over. And it, it's pretty good. It's it's not got any issues. Like the only thing they probably point out is like, oh, you could put a comma here. Uh, but it, it's it's kind of like one of those opinionated like like you could use a comma but you don't really need one sort well, of situation it's not going for print so that yeah. doesn't really matter but they're 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 a dick about it um she is overly polite about it <laughs> all right <laughs> um okay so we will we will come back when it's time for the sermon uh for you in here in a little bit and we will pop on over to uh, Riley and Leaf and Box, who were carrying a variety of fruits. You were being led to what you understand as the uh, the small community of the Millenhead clan goblins here. Not really well picked up by the two of you, but for the audience, the the goblins seem to have a bit of a shift in attitude, uh, not necessarily for the better, when Box began following the group and carrying the things. Uh, <clears throat> and there was also one who prior had run ahead uh, after arguing with the other two, since nobody speaks goblin. <laughs> it's on the list. Um, so you would be led outside of the um, outside of the braziered districts and into sort of a slum like area it, it's got a few proper buildings in it but mostly just little shanty boxes built on top of each other and around each other hither and dither and very chaotically um, near one of these older uh, rundown looking buildings uh, the Goblins fester into a small, uh, crooked alleyway that runs between a couple of them. It looks like a place that honestly Box would have a little bit of a trouble, little bit of trouble getting into. Like he could squeeze in there, but he's not going to be really mobile or anything in this area. Um, if I think you'll have trouble. I mean, do, how far back does it look like it goes? 
Um, you're not entirely sure because it does turn, uh, and not even at like a right angle. It like turns a, like you would guess from the opposing angle. You'd guess it's probably like thirty degrees or something, uh, and it kind of fades off in distance. Uh, looking at the buildings around it, go ahead and give me a uh, engineering check. My specialty. <laughs> That's a five. <laughs> uh, it probably ends right just around the corner. Uh, it can't go much further than that. Of course it can't. I'm an expert engineer. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say something, Leaf? I was just um, trying to gauge exactly how far down this alley goes. Um, I don't think Box would fit back here too well. I see. Uh, well, perhaps you're right. Perhaps it can't go that far. Um, then I, I think maybe we can carry the uh, supplies the rest of the way and perhaps have uh, Box standing back here. That's fine. Uh, I suppose I can use the uh, upper body workout. And then um, I, I guess just kind of right, Box... Uh, you can just start setting these on, on the ground and we'll carry them the rest of the way. Uh, it looks like it might be cramped back here, so uh, I'm thinking you should probably just wait here for now. Okay. No space to branch out in households. That's right. It's like pats them on the leg. That's right. And uh, <laughs> um, just m- makes to like grab a pumpkin or something. <laughs> yeah, he, he he hands you some gourds and some uh some giant sweet cucumbers which is me me being stupid about melons they are cucumbers though Technically. the melon heads would love that joke <laughs> probably they say no stupid is fruit uh <clears throat> so you collect uh the things that box is set down for you it, it's not too much for the two of you to handle by any means uh and you begin making your way in we yeah that's that's the plan right so yeah uh, so once we're picking up everything riley's just gonna like uh uh get next to leaf and just like half as loud as he would normally speak even though the goblins have run off ahead he's gonna say um so uh leaf the the plan is to try to convince them not to waste food right that's what we're doing here well, uh, I, I think in the longer term, given that they're not using a large portion of these fruits, uh, I might use some of my magic and uh, help them cultivate their own. So you wish to bring agriculture to the goblins? To a degree. I don't exactly expect them to feed the town, but uh, I think there could potentially be a mutually beneficial relationship here. Okay. Certainly. Uh... Both of you go ahead and give me local checks. Uh, I'm going to say for your uh, positivity. Natural 20. Well, 25. Uh, less than a net 20, but I got a 26. <laughs> okay. So I was going to give Leaf a penalty, even with the penalty. Still more than passed. So uh, for your positivity. Um, optimism. That's the word I'm looking for. For your optimism. Uh Goblins generally don't do a great job with uh, with like horticulture and, and whatnot. Uh, mostly due to 
generally like civil more civilized goblins ones that like live among people who have mastered this sort of thing and learned to temper their own uh, diets and impulses are you know they're better at things like this but these are obviously tribal goblins that are living here because it's dangerous outside and they never really learn things that take time to do because like from a biological perspective goblins have extremely high yeah, they have extremely high metabolisms uh and which drives them to basically be hungry all the time unless they are just super well fed so like they're short of, th this is one of the things that drives at like the stereotypes of them having short attention spans the reasons why in some places they are feared because like a lot of tribes will make raiding parties and whatnot and go into more into places that have stores of food and steal them uh and often through means violence because they need the food to survive otherwise they will starve to death goblins starve to death extremely quickly by comparison to say like humans or halflings um so i think leaf and leaf would understand that this is going to be difficult if possible and riley i think i think he would probably be uh kind of at like not really sure that it would work at all just from like your perspective on it so uh yeah riley just like slowly nods and then says the the goblins aren't particularly renowned for picking up skills like this at a quick pace leaf well the the goblins don't exactly normally have a druid helping them i think that's, i can make up for some of their shortcomings that's true um well, let's see how the meeting goes. I mean, worst case scenario, if they don't get anything from this, maybe they could be of use to the town's guard in some capacity. Working for their food or their idols or their fruit. That's my hope. Well then, lead the way. Left foot, right foot. Oh, that's how walking works. Um, as you travel down the alleyway it's it's crooked and zigs and zags it's obvious that the uh the infrastructural planning of this area was not done very well it's very hodgepodge and hash hashed together uh part way through the alley which is probably about a good 50 feet of janky shoved together buildings uh before you reach a major opening you realize that it's a good thing you didn't bring uh, box down here because here and there there are like seconds second and second and a half floor sort of connections between some of these buildings struts and other support structures uh, but as you continue down the scent of decaying fruit and vegetable matter uh, becomes stronger and a, a bit sickening uh, uh, due to its intensity you see rats skittering here and there, uh, vermin like ants and, and roaches crawling all over the place. As you follow in, you come into an opening, sort of a almost like a, a square of its own, 
amidst these buildings where once uh, once these places were obviously better tended and better occupied, now they're in disrepair. Uh, but now there's this large, almost garbage heap uh, betwixt these buildings and this clearing. And uh, on top of a large pile of sort of like de- slightly decaying furniture uh, sits a what you could only describe as a ramshackle throne uh, upon which a larger than average and uh, <clears throat> and fairly uh, rotund goblin woman uh, sits <clears throat> a relatively fresh uh, melon sat upon her head several other goblins dot the area uh, all of them watch you uh, either mumbling to themselves or uh, to the nearest other goblin or in silence it's not a very comfortable feeling as you walk in uh, go ahead and make me perceptions I pass. I mean, skip me. Twenty-one. Okay. What what did you get, Chris? I got a nat one for a ten. Okay. Well, you um you would see at least one goblin uh perched upon the second floor, like kind of banisters of the back ends of these buildings, uh with a small kind of you know like homemade. You know, very kind of crappy goblin craft spear uh, squatted up there, eyeing you kind of nastily. Leaf, you would notice uh, like two or three more. There, There are a lot more goblins here than initial sight would give credit to. And you imagine there's probably more among the decaying buildings at your sides. Uh, I I just kind of think he takes in the surroundings and uh, when he's an appropriate distance away from the throne, he'll just kind of like look back at Riley and then he'll uh, take a knee and, and or, or kind of do like a little bow and uh, say, uh, oh, you must be uh, the leader of this illustrious group. I'm uh, Leaf Goldthrush. Nice to meet you. Uh, she laughs uh, loudly and kind of obnoxiously uh, pretty much as soon as you start bowing uh, and she barks something in goblish to uh, to a another nearby one of what you would assume are her subjects um, go ahead and make me a linguistics because this would be a common goblin word uh, if you've got it if you don't then don't uh, 14 untrained though Okay, so never mind. You don't know it. Um, does Riley have linguistics? Nope. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, I think we went over this last time, but I've forgotten. So good to know. It's uh, cool. So you you hear a word that you know is a word you've heard them say several times. You're not sure what it means, though. Um, uh, amongst those other words... I think you would be able to tell that whatever this word is, it's in reference to you, uh, at least generally, because they've used it both kind of pointedly at you and pointedly at Chris, or at Riley. 
So they bark in this language that you would you would understand it to be goblin. You're just not sure what the hell they're talking about. And then she barks out, says, Yes, I am the queen. Now what have you got for us? Uh, well, we uh, saw some of your subjects uh, running into some trouble at one of the produce stands, and uh, we thought we would help them purchase the goods and ferry them to uh, your majesty ourselves. Not only that, uh, but I'm a man of many talents, and I think I might be able to help you and your tribe with some of these troubles. Her, her eyes kind of narrow, and uh, and she goes, "And what do what do a long shanks have that we can use?" Well, uh, I've spoken to the gourds, and. They've bid me to help you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure as some of your <laughs> your other subjects can attest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, they're cutting open my head. Uh, but, but he says, as, as some of your subjects can attest, uh, I'm a nature mage of some report, and uh, I, I think I can help you cultivate your own gourds, your own melons, so that you might not need to go back to market for these things. I'm also a carpenter, and I think I might be able to uh, upgrade your throne for uh, someone of such a station as yours. Make me a diplomacy. <laughs> like, unless you're lying about something. Then no, I'm, I'm, but I, he's not. <laughs> I'm not a carpenter after all. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 16. <clears throat> um, I actually think I've got a trait that helps with that, though. Uh... Long think ugly things pretty. Stupid, bad at making design. Not smart, like queen. You make throne my design. Hmm? Uh, so yeah, that should, I'm sorry, that should have been a 17 total with the trait, <laughs> but... Um, I I think uh, I can work with your design uh, whatever it may be and you can magic us melons I can magic many things uh, you not make magic melons no no melons be magic for us me magic you yes mm. <laughs> and she kind of uh. like leans forward and <laughs> like uh, you you would uh, go ahead and make me a perception check. Sure. Dadoosh. Uh That's a fourteen. I, I don't think you notice much at all. Uh, just sort of like a a small kind of like a, a almost like a color change in her eyes when she leans forward, and, and kind of gives that almost threatening like. Mm. All right. Uh, he says, uh, I don't think any magicking uh, should be necessary on your part. Uh, we've come here to help. And uh, tell me about this chair that you'd like, this, this upgrade to your throne that you see. 
Mm. <clears throat> has good bits, has good bobs. But no, no, no bone melon. And she like taps the top of the chair, which is relatively bare. You see like a an oversized sort of like rat skull hanging from that spot. No good bone melon. Oh, she wants like a skull. Uh, and and rick it. And she like rip, rocks it back and forth and it kind of like like one of the legs is uneven. So just just to clarify what, I, what I'm getting from like the, the context here, she doesn't like the fact that it's uneven. Yeah, she doesn't want it to rock around. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I, I could totally make you a rocking chair. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I, I catch another scorching ray to the chest. <laughs> so um he says well uh well I get to work on that Riley can you help hound out the melons <laughs> Riley who has just been like standing slightly behind Leaf this whole time and probably started like mildly tapping his foot halfway through this conversation just watching and listening to them uh, go back and forth like looks around um, you said there's like a scattering of uh, goblins around us watching this yeah they're they're perched among piles of garbage and and refuse, um, as well as just standing about. There are some on the banisters. As, as this talking has gone on, more have come out from the rickety buildings, both on the first and second floor. Uh, you would probably at this point see a couple of them perched even up on the roof. Okay. Um, yeah, he'll uh, just kind of uh, shrug his shoulders, look down at the uh, the quantity of fruits and stuff that uh, he and Leaf had brought, look out among the uh, scattering of goblins and uh, uh, gesture and say, come and get it and pick one up and just like hand it towards, uh, I guess, the nearest one. <laughs> uh, you would notice uh, that they start to kind of like scrabble uh, some of them rush towards you faster than others. A lot of them are more apprehensive when approaching. They have like weapons out. Uh, they aren't like charging you, but they're they're definitely approaching with more caution and like ready to like stick you if you try anything. Uh, but uh, a, a couple like of the first ones to get to you, they're like scrabbling, pushing, clawing at each other, uh, like trying to fight. They're fighting over who's who's going to get that juicy fresh melon. <laughs> yeah that's uh it's honestly probably better this way than riley just picking and choosing who gets what so <laughs> so there, there's a s- small pile of what quickly grows from two goblins to five like beating each other and scrabbling over this first melon while another one like sneaks up behind you and just takes one out of your arm and runs away <laughs> That's fine. Riley's just going to keep uh, an extra sense of the items on his person, but he doesn't really care what where the right. fruit goes to. Go ahead and make me a perception check. Gladly. 15. 15. All right. Did you want one for me as well? No, just... Or, well, yeah, I guess I could get one from you. Uh, you'll have a minus five distracted penalty, though. That's fine. It's a total of 20 with the penalty. Okay. Uh, so let me actually give him a full stealth check first. Okay. So I think you would notice um, 
you would notice that a goblin kind of sneaks up behind Riley. Uh, and you would notice that uh, like he makes away with one of the one of the melons, but you wouldn't really notice anything else. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, but for for your knowledge, Riley, the next time you go to uh, uh, reach for your absinthe his flask, it's gone. <laughs> you took my liquor, you bastard. <laughs> Actually, out of everything you could have taken, I'm kind of happy and sad that that was what it was. But OK, cool. We're good. Thank you. It was small. It was shiny. It was easily accessible. Yes, this this is fine. <laughs> um. Is this what we get for being good people? Next goblin tribe we're running into is getting lightning bolts. If you're not doing anything special in the fashion of like trying to trick these goblins or anything like that, uh, go ahead uh, and tell me what you're going to do for them and how. Uh, well, he's he's going to start off using the mallet of building. And I'm going to put like some wooden posts in place to give her like an elevated chair. And like I, I can mostly like nail the existing chair in place, but in a fashion so that it's no longer wobbly and it's slightly more elevated so she can like look down on people. Uh, and it's going to be sturdy because it's these big like fence posts that are holding it up. I would okay. also like to hammer in some more fence posts at a slight angle in, in the kind of like an alternating like home pattern so they kind of like stick like at like a 45 degree angle ish just below where where like the armrest of the chair or whatever would be as kind of like a melon rack in places that they can hold like shiny stuff and like hang shiny stuff from it and uh so so yeah there's, there's just gonna be like these these little fingers of wood sticking out and, and like a comb pattern and you can just like slot melons and stuff in there he'll put like some some copper nails and like iron spikes and stuff into some of the the posts and if there's like detritus or something that he can pick up from the nearby area and just kind of like hang it on there yeah then then he'll he'll kind of like decorate it a little bit with with like the detritus uh and then i i guess from uh the the like back portion of it he'll kind of do like, again more more like posts and like iron spikes and nails and stuff uh gonna do like a little like uh the the iron throne kind of fan thing up from the back of it so that it's it's got kind of like an imposing profile or silhouette to it <laughs> okay so just Lots, lots of places to hang shinies and slots for having melons and whatnot at hand should she desire. And it's it's bigger and it's imposing. So I I, I think this design would not upset the uh, goblins at all, especially with you hanging more of their garbage from it. Um, uh, when you are finished with that, uh, actually, actually, before you're, you're finished, both of you make me perceptions, please. 27. 25. Uh, I think both of you would realize that they have several small creatures in cages that uh, when they are like emptying out, like when they're scooping out the guts of these melons, they're like dumping it into these cages. Uh, I think Riley would realize that most of them are 
like dire rats. They're like a, these big, fat, chunky rats. But you would realize that there's like four cages that have something that is definitely not rats in them. <laughs> uh, definitely not rats could be a lot of different things. <laughs> uh, it, like you're not super clear uh, from from like the central area. If you want to go inspect them, you can. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, uh, Riley's not going to be of much assistance uh, with the uh, carpentry unless Leaf just needs like an extra set of hands. So, um, yeah, during his off time is mostly spent like kind of casually exploring, not trying, trying not to step on any toes, conversing with any goblins that uh, like aren't too aggressive towards him, I guess. Uh, most of them don't like you coming particularly close to you. And with your check earlier, you know that goblins don't trust things that are bigger than them generally, uh, mm -hmm. just because of the general strength difference. So, like, the only ones that like don't seem to show like a lot of a lot of like backing off and active aggression have uh, what goblins refer to as horse choppers. They're like little um, little halberds that are kind of janky. Yes, yes, I can picture what you're talking about. Um, and so like they they feel like they can they can get you if you try something so they don't they're not as afraid of you ah uh, well that's their first mistake potentially their last <laughs> but anyways continue so they'll like grumble with you they, they all call you long shanks yeah, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and, and some of them laugh some of them you know they make crude little jokes and whatnot common is obviously not their first language um <clears throat> but uh, when you do try to approach the cages, um, they get a little more defensive. Uh, and so go ahead and make me a diplomacy to try and get through. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, yeah. All right. 18. 18. Uh, the the couple of that are over there kind of like they they like bunch up in front of you and they both kind of point their horse choppers at you and say no long shakes not for you uh <laughs> riley will just say um well i was admiring some of your rats from a distance and i noticed that you see, don't seem to have rats in these particular cages so call me curious mm. cages for meat and and and, and nasty uh, and uh, go ahead and make me you are closer now so go ahead and give me another perception the the lighting is particularly shitty over here though that's a uh, that's a meaty 13 uh, so I think that you can kind of gather uh, like the general shape of the largest thing uh, go ahead and make me a dungeoneering check if you have it I don't have dungeon hearing. <laughs> uh, so some kind of like bloated, small, but uh, bloated, uh, like three-legged creature with some sort of tentacles. Oh no! Okay. Um, and, and like it, it, it's pretty small, but uh, like none of these cages are larger than the goblins themselves. Like the largest cage is probably about their size. Um, and you see that one of the cages is like about half the size of one of the goblins, but all the rest are about their size. 
Okay. Uh, the I think the next thing he wants to ask is um, uh, he'll just like hold his hands up defensively a little bit, say, "All right, all right, so that's fine." But um, where did you acquire these creatures then? Mm, taking our trash. Oh, or they wouldn't call it trash. Taking our stuff. I see. All right. Um, <laughs> Riley probably hasn't really felt comfortable here since walking in and being assaulted by the giant trash pile. So um, questionable creatures in cages aside, he's just going to like nod and uh, back away from the situation and go see what it's up to by this point. Okay. So the queen is somewhat unpleased with the throne only for the fact that you have not provided her with some epic bone melon. Uh, I don't think I've, I've got anything in my uh, my inventory for that. Um, what <laughs> if and it, the the big like rat skull thing that was was on the original version of this it, it was like like it, it's it, bigger than our normal rat it, it's a dire rat skull right but uh, it, it wasn't like fashioned into an actual helmet right no it, it was kind of just jankily hung on a broken piece of wood um then then yeah I, I think what he would do is he's he, he just kind of like crosses his arms while while she's like complaining at the lack of bone melon and uh he's like you know i i think uh i think you're right that is uh a feature that's missing from this thing um if you don't mind i i, I can fix that but i'd need need a bit of magic mm. and you'll say she'll say mm, you do magic and I'll be ready. And, and she kind of like stands up on the throne and she like, you can tell she's preparing to cast a spell, but she didn't say that in an extremely threatening way. She she is more like a I'm watching you sort of way. Yeah, then, then I mean, I'll just kind of do like w- wood shape at the top. And, and uh, oh. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, I think Riley, because you're interacting with her, I think Riley would notice that like when she does that, the other uh, goblins kind of like skitter away towards the edges of the clearing. Oh, joy. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, hey, wait, sorry. Does it look like she's uh, like preparing herself in any particular way that a knowledge arcana could identify something she might be up to? I would need a spellcraft, my good friend. Oh, spellcraft. Okay. That, that's the next skill rank going into that. Okay, I'm could good. I, could I potentially okay. spellcraft? Yeah. Booyah. 23. Uh, okay. Um, fireball. Ooh. <laughs> Now she is preparing spells. She's she is not like actively casting it. She has done like the minimum or the maximum amount of components that one can do prior to activating it. Right. But she's she's like holding there. So so yeah, then I, I mean he, he just kind of goes slow. That way if she does get kinda angsty about it, uh she might have a chance at like identifying what he's casting. Um but he'll cast wood shape on the throne 
Okay. And uh, you'll just kind of see like some of the the mass from the wood on the posts. Uh, and I, I guess if he's got like the but what is it the the big like diorat skull from the previous one, uh, mm-hmm. the the flares at the top will like flatten out and get like a bit more jagged. And then just like the general skull or general shape of like a cow skull, except it's it's got an indent in like the forehead area like between the eyes to to fit the actual like diorat skull that she had before so you've got like the horns and like the general like jagged shape of like a cow skull but then you know it's it's also got an actual skull like fit in the middle i think she she like turns around and and inspects it yes <laughs> good enough long chinks if you can magic us melons and uh he, he just kind of says, uh, I, I, th- I thought you might like the horns. And uh, then I, I think what I'll, he'll do next is, is reach into the old satchel and just grab a handful of seeds. And th- those are like random, right? Uh, when you just pull them out of the satchel, yes. So I need to roll those. But um, so, so there's not a way to like actually influence it one way or the other? Um, you can you can use actual seeds that you have with its effect, but if you just grab out of the satchel, it's random. Oh, okay. No, that's that's cool as hell. So um, then, I, I guess like one of the melons. I'm I'm assuming they've like massacred some of the melons. And he's is is there a particular type of melon that you prefer? Uh, they they um one of them like runs up. Uh, after the queen shouts in in Goblin, and uh, he presents to you his head, upon which is a melon that looks very much like a watermelon, except that the f- the outer flesh is red, but it is a bit decayed, um, like it, it's not fresh at all. They uh, say we like blood melons best. Shows, shows brain through head <laughs> so uh i mean i, I guess he'll kind of like take the helmet in his in his hands and like rotate it around and get a good look at it i'm assuming the, they the sco- goblin like actively tries to sh- keep himself in his helmet as like you try and move it away like he, he, he didn't he didn't like take it off and present it to you he like walked up and like kind of pointed his head at you Oh, well, uh, I guess he'll just kind of like give it a pat uh, whenever the dude starts starts resisting. And he's like, you wouldn't happen to know where you uh, any of the seeds from this melon came from. Seed, 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 black teeth, uh, black teeth. And a little he, hard, uh, he, he like scrabbles around one of the cages and uh, loses a hand, hopefully. Uh, he, he picks up the, the tiny cage, like the little, little one. And he like tosses it, uh, and you hear a little scream, and like little grunts as uh, as uh, it hits the ground and tumbles. Um, and uh, it it does not sound very animally what's in that cage, um, but that he comes up to you with a pile of kind of like decaying fruit sludge with little black specks in it. 
like as, after I hear the this like screech or or whatever it was that was in there, as he's like scrabbling through the detritus to grab the seeds, can I take like a step forward and try and get a better look at whatever made that noise? Uh, sure. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Uh, one of the other goblins is like almost immediately walking up to retrieve the cage. Eighteen. Eighteen. It's. I mean, it, it didn't sound like okay. a humanoid, did it? Um, it, it had certainly some familiarity to it. And when they pick it up, you can see a very tiny, quite humanoid figure uh, within. Kind of kind of just like, and like when the goblin approaches, it like skitters to the other side of the cage. But like, this is like literally like probably like a foot tall, maybe a foot and a half tall any any identifiable traits um it's pretty dark like even with your low light vision uh you kind of just make out its shape um given that it's like moving around and it, it's not like it got tossed right in front of you right but you you said it was it was tiny so it's smaller than a goblin right yeah it, it's about half the, the height of a goblin and they're pretty and it's, short it's obviously not like a human infant or something right no it it, it seems quite physically apt it, it can move around on its own accord okay that's that's basically you what, feel like, like a human infant might have either started crying loudly or died from being chucked like that yeah so um yeah i guess what what he'll do is he will uh i guess take the the seeds from from this critter this this little little goblin boy and uh cast up to six squares per day of instantly growing seeds so can can i use one of these seeds for that uh it will grow one plant uh the whole handful of seeds i would say um would get you one square like it it, like from a sense of density like it it would spread out a little bit but um and it is probably mixed seeds as well okay uh but i i guess the usage of the bag is is that based off of the amount of space that the plants i get or is it like you can use this ability once per day and it's, it's based off of space you can do six separate squares six squares all at once okay that's 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 what i wanted to know because like i, I think right now he's he's gonna kind of bater with these three and uh the the plan is to get you know interest them with this and be like hey i can actually get you these melons um but then uh i'm i i after looking around there is something that i want to exchange so so yeah what he'll do that's that's just my plan he he kind of rolls back up he's like and where would you like these melons Mm. the queen who looks very haughty on her new uh even taller throne uh like kind of like leans back and were were she not so kind of gross uh almost seductively points like kind of just like <laughs> right in front of her throne all right then he, he just kind of starts and he uses a the the square of the bag i guess and the three seeds that he's got and uh assuming that it's suitable spot for that type of thing and uh uh, I mean, it, it's not actively covered in like wood or like a shit ton of garbage, so it's better than okay. some. So, so then, yeah, he, he just kind of uh, arranges them to the side, 
and plant some. I don't I don't know like how fast this stuff grows. It says instantly growing seeds per plant. Yeah, it, it it will grow to full fruition within a turn. So in six seconds, uh, they grow all the way up. They fruit uh, and are ready to be harvested. Now it doesn't do anything beyond that. They still have to continue being tended and whatnot. Uh, after after this, um, you could, for example, if you wanted this to truly be like a very reusable food slash melon shell source for them, you could <laughs> expend like your nature mana and make them constantly fruit. Like as soon as one's picked, like within an hour or two, another melon will grow in its place. Uh, okay, that's cool. Or even turn it into a plant monster and melon hydra <laughs> uh, if you wanted. But uh, like that, that's up to you. But that's that's using something you might not be able to replenish for a bit. So. Okay. Um, so so yeah, he, I, I guess he'll start with the one square and just kind of you know like like uh, was was that that chef? He just goes bam, and <laughs> you know it sh- it shoots up, and you you've got like the full bushel of like melon vines that kind of climb up the side of the chair and see it like fruit and and whatnot and uh he he just kind of smiles and he kind of does does the gesture uh towards it says uh does this please you your highness (laughs) yes yes melons fast melons grow uh and and uh like the other goblins start joining in they're like uh melons hack for Melons show uh, something that doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not good at rhymes, uh, <laughs> and, and like they immediately start running up and pulling more melons off. Uh, but when they don't start growing back quickly, right, like right after that, uh, the queen says, mm, "You magic map one set of melons. You tricked me." I didn't say how many melons, and I did bring mm. you this first batch. I can bring you more melons. And uh, I might be able to help you get more melons in the future, but I, I, th- I think uh, this first bit was just so that we didn't worry about having you magic us. Uh, if, if you want me to do more, I might have to ask something of you in return. Make me a diplomacy. And if Riley would like to interject, he can try to aid. Eighteen. Yeah, uh, Riley's comfortable leaving this in Leaf's hands since he's taken the forefront on this. So uh, Riley's going to stay in standby guard mode. With the trait, that would be a 19. She narrows her eyes. She's, she says, me let you leave, get more melons. But you need, but you want something. You make magic melons stay. I can do more that. Melons, more melons. If I make you more melons, can I name my prize? What you want? And uh, he he just kind of does that 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 furtive, you know, ginger kind of walk where he puts his finger on his chin and he looks around and he takes a couple really like long, uh, sinuous like steps around, <laughs> and uh, he's he's looking around. And he says, "What could a long shanks want?" Uh, from someone who already has so much and uh i heard something squeak earlier and he just kind of points at the little cage can i see it you want c c for c for the melons well 
I, I want it, but I need to make sure it's not broken. Mm-hmm. She barks something in, uh, she sparks something in goblin and, uh, one of the goblins goes over there and like sticks his hand in the cage and you hear a little, little like tiny squeaky people screams. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> yep. Uh, do either of you speak halfling? Uh, nope. No. Okay, so the squeaks are in a language you don't understand. Okay. Uh, but it does seem like there's some sort of language. Okay, but it, it's like pretty, pretty obviously a halfling. And uh, it says, is this the only one that you have? Mm, tiddlywinks, tiddlywinks, dance and sing. I think I could trade some more melons for uh, such a thing. Magic melons. Magic melons take and grow. Magic melons take and grow. And they, uh, they, like they like one one of them. She she barks at another one in goblin, and one like like walks back up with a melon it already took off the vine and like tries to reattach it, like like kind of mimes pulling it off, and then like 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 does things with its hands it's like playing charades so like take and grow hmm I I think I could do something something like that uh let's see uh and then I I guess they they probably like massacred some of the blood melons since since he started talking to her again. So mm-hmm. he'll just take like a scoop of like the melon guts that they've probably just like dumped on the ground. And uh, he'll cast like a, an even bigger circle. Like I guess he'll use up like the the rest of the squares to, to give her like a full melon patch. Okay. And uh, he s- says, uh, I, I noticed that uh, a lot of this melon is is going to waste, uh, just being dumped by your cages or, or on the ground. Uh, giving you this many melons is, is surely quite the prize for you and your people. Uh, could I ask that in exchange for for this this gift that you share what you don't use with the people of the town, they could put it to use there's land inside the the town that they could grow even more melons and I'm sure provide you even more shells with that and they can eat the insides stuff that you don't even care for go ahead and make me another diplomacy ooh booyah 19 so that's a 28 when we done feeding food then sure fine put in box bag sack and take out dump and people take Uh, he he just kind of says, uh, "You're very gracious, Your Highness," and then just kind of cracks the knuckles and uh, says, "Then melons you shall have." And he just kind of like, I, I I don't know if there's like a particular action that's, that's required. Uh, not for, not for really, just something sensible. And as a note, uh, you can expend your three universal mana to like. Uh, copy a mana you already have 
So you can expend three universal to do this, or you can just dump your nature. I think I've only got two universal, according to my notes. Uh, you have two absorbed and one granted. Oh, I'm I'm still working out the specifics on what all that means, but um, yeah, basically, granted ones don't take like you have a number of absorption slots equal to your tier. Granted ones don't take up those slots. And uh, if I use the nature mana, for instance, um, I wouldn't be able to then use the universal to make a nature. Uh, you could specifically because uh, you are attuned to nature, mm. but like say you had a strength, you wouldn't. Like <laughs> yeah, if, if you I'll, spent the strength, then you wouldn't. I'll, I'll do the universal conversion right now, okay. and uh, so so then he he kind of uh, reaches down to to one of the vines and uh, just kind of kind of grips it full handedly and. Uh, this is obviously not the the non-silver hand, uh, but he, he just kind of like grips grips like the main. I, I guess it's all like vines with with gourds and stuff. But he the like the the thickest part of it where it like connects to the ground. Then he closes his eyes for a second, and then you can kind of see like the the muscles and and whatnot in his arm tense, and maybe his his like veins light up a little bit as as like you can kind of see the energy like going into the plants and they they like fill out and start like moving and shuddering and get thicker and you see like the the melons just start budding on it as the whole thing heaves over to the side because it's all weighed down <sighs> and you kill the entire town crushed under a mountain of melons no i'm kidding fractal uh, melons fractal melons um so yes they'll start pulling these off and immediately thereafter new melons will begin to form they're they're not going like instantly but it's obvious that it won't be too long before a fresh new melon will be had and i think we're going to pop over from there i think i think you've spent enough time over there sorry that um <laughs> no, no 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 i'm, I'm just the trying melons to are very important Yes, the melons are very important. <laughs> well, you're you're about to save something's life, so there's that. Um, one little thing. Um, and I'm so disappointed that you didn't want to save the, the fucking Atyug, the baby Atyug, <laughs> bastards. No, I'm. Uh, and so, I figure that's a self-solving problem. If the Odiug eats the goblins, then we don't have to worry about them anymore. <laughs> They're good. That's not going to eat them. They're almost as likely to eat it. Uh, They're going to eat each other. It's a mutual yeah. eat off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Shadow? Yes. All right. So, you're sitting there uh, writing your stuff up. Uh, the next meeting is still a, uh, probably about an hour off, but. Ah, fuck. Um, but Farini uh, comes in to the inn. Uh, Shadow, was it? Yes? Yes. Please uh, sit down. Of course. Um, how are things going? I, I think it comes out okay. Uh, you can look over if you want to to uh, double check uh, my comment. Uh, sure, I wouldn't mind at all. And she'll look it over and nod. That looks very good. 
thank you. It is uh, only because of the freedom that I have learned as much as I know, but uh, some of the words, they still escape me. Uh, the freedom? Uh, yes, the, the freedom. The, the Silent Seven. There, there oh, a member of your order. Yes. I see. Well, it's always good to have a mentor. He is uh, very much like a father to me and to my brother uh, because uh, our papa died when we were younger. I'm very sorry about that. So uh, I am a very blessed girl. Over the course of 28 years, I have had three very fine fathers because I had papa and then I have freedom and his husband. Well, that's lovely to hear. It's good that you found someone so lovely. It's so lovely. So lovely. So loving. Uh, so caring and loving. He is a very good man. Um, I, I, I came to tell you something. Uh, sorry, I, niceties in the way and all that. Um, there have actually uh, been some people come in through the same gate as you uh, here in the past couple of hours. I, I keep my ears open for rumors of travelers and such. And uh, they seem to be wearing uh, robes not unsimilar to yours. Some of the orders here. Perhaps. I haven't seen them myself, but from the description, it seems. Do you know where they went? Uh, I'm afraid not. They were headed uh, in this general direction. I had hoped that perhaps they would find this place, but uh, I see they're not here, at least not yet. Are there other inns that they might have stopped at? Uh, there's a couple, yes. Um, so, um, would you like to come with me and check that way or split up uh, I, can I help do you not try know the area them. so I should probably just follow you alright uh, I'm a bit I, I've been here for a, a little while so I know my way around decently enough uh, it is uh, strange that they should be out this far well I I suppose no stranger than yourself. Yes, but uh, my circumstances special, I suppose. Uh, uh, I guess it is just a strange time. Indeed. Uh, what isn't strange these days? So let's go have a look. Uh, yes. Yes, thank you. I have not. Uh, I have not seen somebody from home in a very long time, and I have been so very homesick that it would be nice to, to see some of the others. Well, uh, there's a there's another inn here in the central area of the city that we should probably check before heading out into the rat ring. All right. Uh, so, the rats um, do not scare me, though. I met a very nice one, Snow. I know several of them. And many of them are very nice. Some of them are a little less than pleased with their circumstances but overall not bad folk at all but it is probably still best to check around this area first before we move out into the outer ring yes 
I, I guess the, the weather creatures are new to you. They, they are not common in the Noctis? Not in any uh, positive way. Uh, this would be a first from my understanding. In Obscura, there are many villages full of water creatures. It is not so unusual. They do call it uh, the land of monsters, so... I have not found so many monsters there. I can't say that I've ever been down that way myself. There's a lot of fear built up around that place. People, people are just people. And there is good ones and there is bad ones of every kind. There are also rumors of roads that aren't safe and titans of darkness. Well, yes. Which uh, you would probably have heard the term titans of darkness a fair amount. It's kind of like a boogeyman catch-all term uh, for just about anything big and scary in the in. Uh, the region. Yes, there is always stories and there is always bad, but the thing is, there is uh, there is request for help from all the countries because there is roads that is unsafe from time to time. And uh, I think people just concentrate more on Obscura because they are uncomfortable with the rare creatures and the vampires. Yes, certainly things that people fear quite commonly here. They are not also that scary, though. Uh, Perhaps due to their number, it is less frightening where you're from. But here, a vampire or a a werebeast is generally considered a frightful thing. Of course, we're learning a bit better here specifically, but when it's for as long as anyone can remember been a more or less isolated incident of either one it's been a problem i suppose i can see that i just i do not like the people that uh, judge the right folks uh so much it is like they make a sacrifice to to become something that can help protect the city and instead of people appreciate the sacrifice, they say ugly things and that is not nice. That's certainly true. Many of the were-rats here now are people who just wanted to protect their home, protect their families. You cannot there blame them for that. trade-offs and there have been rough patches. Uh, there's, it's not much, and she like lowers her voice, it's not much talked about, but there have been Several instances of uh, rogue rats rampaging, causing problems, infecting more people. It's, um, from my understanding, it's actually not entirely true. The rampagers are, but from my understanding of where creatures in general, the those who are made by the inf- those who are infected. Uh, they're not generally capable of infecting the next person, at least not so easily. Uh, so there is a, a uh, I guess, a central source that is causing this? That's that's the theory, but the Rathgard captains are quite quiet about it. 
They assure us that they are keeping an eye out, but uh, there are some who aren't entirely sure it's not one of their own. So there's tension, even if things seem a little better on the surface, even. And that only drives at the wedge between people here. It is the wedge that must be healed if uh, the town is going to survive, though. I think that uh, it is necessary that the people learn to trust each other to some extent. I think while there is perhaps a true monster in our midst, unless they can be shown the error of what they're doing, that wedge will not heal, not in time. Then it is something that the, the community must come together to combat. Perhaps. There are many now, though, and if we've learned one thing, it's that the captains who are true-born were rats. They're the source of the others as far as um, the rest of the rat guard goes. Um, they, uh, they aren't affected the same way. There are those here, like uh, the proprietor's daughter here, Nina, um, they put out a certain scent, and this scent is what drives the were-rats into their frenzies. Now, the true-borns know how to control it, to resist it, but the infected ones can't... Ha- I've, I've seen a couple uh, resist it, but it causes great strain on them. Maybe it is something they learn with time? I think it's something that they can perhaps learn to control better with time, but uh, the natural born ones, it may just not force them. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I do not know. It is uh, not something I have studied much. Uh, I was able to do a bit of research upon arriving in town, but the library here has limited inf- information on lycanthropes and as far as it goes uh, all the works I've found mostly speak of werewolves but uh, I was uh, able to talk to some yeah, but depending on which uh, peoples are, are of my are here there may be somebody who can give you information perhaps uh, would you like to go out and look for them yes Right, well, then off to the Silvered Nut. And this is a very strange name. It's, uh, well, not anymore, but they used to own a nut orchard. And with that slightly awkward explanation, y'all walk out the door. And we'll see you next episode. Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. 
I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at ActionForge. G'day, this is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler, cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He, he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. LCP D&D presents Fillmore's Crossing. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. A fantasy western D&D adventure that's filled with comedy. You all know what the control zone is? You guys, you guys probably so like the zone. Ever. You guys, where you okay. get I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mystery. We were just at the saloon and I witnessed a man, if you can call him that, rip another man's head off. Do you think we're dealing with demons? Drama. Damn it, woman. You have no reason to go away up my son. All I want to do is buy shit. Y'all folk are the reason that this is all getting messed up. Poor and shit. now you're gonna go and does a 20 hit your armor class, Igmet? Yep. <laughs> and horror. And this thing is towering at least 50 feet into the air. You can almost taste this metallic energy in the air. Listen to the entire season one arc by searching LCP D&D on your favorite